0: This is 105.9 The Region, where parents talk and explore practical, proactive, and evidence-based solutions. This is Where Parents Talk with Leanne Castellino.
1: Hello and welcome to Where Parents Talk on 105.9 The Region. I'm Leanne Castellino. Thanks for joining us. It is one of the first things a new parent will experience and something that evolves and often peaks in the teenage and young adult years. Sleep deprivation and, in an increasing number of cases, a chronic lack of sleep in teens and youth. It's described as an epidemic in North America. Hormonal changes, natural sleep schedules versus societal or social timetables are often at odds with an adolescent's internal clock. To help us sort through the science and provide supportive strategies around healthy sleep habits, we're joined by a sleep scientist, who's also an award-winning sleep researcher, and author, Dr. Wendy Troxel is a senior behavioral and social scientist at Rand Corporation, a not-for-profit organization. She is a practicing clinical psychologist and an adjunct faculty member at the Universities of Pittsburgh and Utah. She is also a mother of two teens. Dr. Troxel joins us today from Park City, Utah. Welcome to Where Parents Talk. Thanks so much
2: for having me. It's a real pleasure to be here.
1: Dr. Troxel, I'd like to start by asking, what can you tell us about what the latest research is showing about
2: sleep as it pertains to adolescents and young adults in general? Especially as we are still dealing with this pandemic, uh, there's more and more research showing really uh, somewhat fascinating and sometimes um, alarming trends in adolescent sleep. Let me back up a bit. Even before the pandemic, uh, but but before the uh, coronavirus pandemic, we had a major public health problem with regard to insufficient sleep among teenagers. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, this is before the pandemic, seven out of 10 teenagers were regularly not getting enough sleep. That's about 70% are chronically sleep-deprived. Then we had this pandemic hit with such a disruption to our daily lives and our social rhythms and routines, which can have a profound influence on our sleep. And we see an interesting pattern emerge with regard to teenagers' sleep. On the one hand, we do see data showing that teenagers' sleep quality has worsened during the pandemic. So lots of reports of insomnia-related symptoms, of poor sleep quality, trouble falling asleep, trouble staying asleep. Many of these symptoms are also experienced by adults because we've been really, um, you know, threatened by this, the stress of this pandemic, and that can disrupt the quality of the sleep. At the same time, a really interesting point to note that the data is showing is that teenagers have actually been getting significantly more sleep during the pandemic, particularly when schools were had mostly uh, uh, moved to remote learning. Um, So in school districts throughout the US, there's data showing that um, while kids work in remote learning environments, they were getting upwards of two hours more sleep. Uh, Despite sort of the stress of the pandemic, um, they were actually getting more sleep. And that's largely due to the removal of one of the primary constraints to teenagers sleep, which is early school start times. And we are going to
1: talk about that a little later on, but I did want to, to, to talk a little bit about, you know, understanding what's going on biologically and physiologically in general in our bodies while we sleep, because I find that oftentimes people don't understand what's happening and therefore are quick to sacrifice sleep for other activities and things in their lives. So can you paint a picture for us of what's going on? In the body, and especially
2: during the adolescent years when we're sleeping. Sure. Yeah, you are so right that we have this sort of cultural tendency to undermine the importance of sleep. You know, we have all these sayings sleep when you're dead, sleep is for the weak. We have this belief that sleep is some sort of sign of laziness. And I think that is in large part um, derived by this idea, this misconception that sleep is this dead space you know, where just everything shuts down and therefore, you know, time would be better spent, um, you know, sacrificing sleep and just doing more. Well, this idea that sleep is dead space couldn't be further from the truth. Sleep is actually a highly dynamic process where certain parts of the brain and our physiology actually become more active during sleep as compared to during wake. So if you sacrifice Those dynamic processes uh, that happen only during sleep or predominantly during sleep, and this includes processes like when our brain um, starts to clear toxins that can otherwise build up and are associated with the development of Alzheimer's disease and other dementias. If you sacrifice that critical uh, function of the brain um, that happens during sleep, Well, you set yourself up for a number of consequences. Um, The the consequences of insufficient sleep range from um, uh, issues with cognitive function and cognitive decline. Obviously, uh, these types of consequences have impacts across the lifespan from An adolescent trying to learn in school who can no longer concentrate or uh, remember uh, things that he or she learns in the classroom because they're so sleep deprived. It also ranges to health conditions from short term problems like increasing our risk for the common cold and other viruses uh, to chronic health conditions, including the development of obesity, heart disease and diabetes, and even certain cancers. And what the data also shows is that these health consequences, particularly these obesity-related consequences of insufficient sleep, are particularly prominent um, in the earlier stages of life, in children and adolescents. So as we perpetuate this idea that sleep is a thing you do when you're dead, and we transmit this misconception, this mortally flawed misconception, to our children and youth, we're really setting themselves, setting them up for um, increased risk for a host of these negative um, health outcomes, as well as compromising their mental health um, and compromising their ability to perform well in school. We are talking
1: about the science of sleep and helping parents cultivate better sleep habits in their kids. Our guest is Dr. Wendy Troxell, a sleep scientist, researcher, author, an internationally recognized expert in the sleep space. She's also a mother of two teens and she recently released her first book called Sharing the Covers. Now, a reminder that we will have more with Dr. Troxel, including a video interview on whereparentstalk.com. So be sure to check that out. Dr. Troxel, I want to go to the teenage sleep cycle for a minute. And it's described as unique for a host of reasons. What are some of the fundamental differences between how an adolescent sleeps and how an
2: adult sleeps? This is a critical point for parents uh, to understand, because this idea that teenagers are just these lazy, um, disobedient kids that stay up late and uh, sleep in late and they're so hard to get up for school, um, we often attribute that to some fault in our teenagers. And again, that couldn't be further from the truth. The teenage years do represent this unique developmental change in our sleep-wake patterns. It looks something like this. About the time of puberty, teenagers experience a delay in their biological clocks, otherwise known as the circadian rhythms. This biologically predisposes them to stay awake later and sleep in later. So it is not like sort of some willful um, sort of sign of disobedience or just that they can't kind of get their acts together. Literally, their biology is driving them to stay awake later and sleep in later. It also means that when we wake up our teens at uh, very early hours, say 6 a.m., um, that's when my teenagers have to wake up uh, to get to school. That's the biological equivalent of waking an adult up at 4 a.m. because they have this roughly two-hour shift in their circadian with rhythms. And just think how you would feel if you were forced to perform you know, at school or at work every day um, waking up at 4 a.m. Now, we don't even have to imagine that too much because we know from shift workers that people who are chronically awakened before their natural biological clocks tell them they're ready. They do suffer a number of consequences, including reductions in memory, concentration, as well as mental and physical health consequences. And that's essentially what we're doing to our teenagers when we wake them up um, earlier than their biological clock tells them they're ready.
1: So what is a parent to do? And I know you live this in your own home with a, an 18-year-old and a 16-year-old, and you just alluded to you know, having to wake them up and you know, be out the door early in the morning. What is a parent to do to really cultivate healthy sleep habits in their,
2: in their teens? There's a number of things parents can do both in the home and in the community uh, to support healthy tea, um, sleep. So the first thing in terms of what you can do in your home as a family, certainly there's some health and sleep habits we all should be encouraging our kids to do. And remember, we're setting themselves, sending our teens up for a lifetime of good or poor sleep habits. So important to teach them these habits um, when they're you know in our homes. So the first thing in terms of a health and sleep habit is to try to keep consistent bedtimes and wake times. And that means seven days a week. Now, I realize that can be very difficult, particularly because teens are having to wake up so early during the school week. Um, and the desire is to sleep in excessively on the weekend to catch up on sleep. The problem is our bodies don't respond particularly well and our circadian rhythms don't respond what, well. There's really um, massive shifts in, in sleep uh, bedtimes and wake times during weekday and weekend. So it's best to try to make those as consistent as possible. That said, given that teens are so sleep deprived during the week, you know, and I know how hard it is and virtually impossible for a parent to force their kids to wake up on a Saturday and Sunday at 6 a.m., because that's when they have to wake up during the school week. I would say at least try to rein in those weekend sleep ins to, you know, within about two hours of the teenagers weekday sleep. So that means if a teenager has to go to wake up at 6 a.m. during the school week, you should probably be waking up, you know, around 8 a.m. during um, the weekend. Again, this is important because these erratic shifts in bedtimes and wake times can really be disruptive to the body and can set up this vicious cycle where the teenager sleeps in on the weekends and then has a really hard time falling asleep at a reasonable time, let's say Sunday night. The second thing uh, families can do um, to support healthy sleep in their homes is to keep technology out of the bedrooms. And it's really important here that parents know that you serve as role models for technology use to your children and teens. Studies have shown that parents who use technology in the bedroom are more likely to have teenagers who use technology in the bedroom. And we know that too much technology use can have profound effects on all of our sleep. And there's really two reasons for that. Number one, the light exposure from these devices can directly suppress the hormone melatonin, which signals sleep onset, making it even harder for teenagers to fall asleep. And number two, the content we're consuming from our devices can also be very stimulating and sometimes very distressing when you see the news today. And among teenagers, they're finding out about the latest gossip. That can be very emotionally activating, which is not the way uh, you want to set up the, the night for a healthy night of sleep. So keep technology out of the bedroom. I suggest having a family space outside of anyone's bedrooms, perhaps in the kitchen, where you charge your phones overnight and allow your bodies and brains to recharge overnight by getting healthy sleep.
1: Lots more to unpack as we discuss sleep and its importance, especially in the adolescent years, with sleep scientist Dr. Wendy Troxell. When we come back, more tips on how parents can help their teens improve, strengthen, and sustain healthy sleep habits. Stay with us.
0: Want to learn more about the show? Email info at whereparentstalk.com. Stick around. Leanne Castellino and Where Parents Talk will be right back on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to Where Parents Talk. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Here's Leanne Castellino.
1: This is 105.9 The Region and you are listening to Where Parents Talk. I'm your host, Leanne Castellino. Every week, we delve into the world of parenting through the lens of evidence-based research, lived experience, and the expertise of our guests. Our focus is topics that impact parents with teenagers, youth, and young adults. Today, we're discussing the importance of sleep. Numerous studies have shown that teenagers 13 to 18 years old need between 8 to 10 hours of sleep per night to maintain optimal health. The reality, however, is the opposite. Sleep deprivation in this age group in Canada and the United States is considered a major public health issue. Research also shows that not enough or too much sleep in an adolescent could lead to compromised mental well-being and a potentially higher number of risk-taking behaviours, including substance abuse and self-harm. Dr. Wendy Troxell is our guest here on Where Parents Talk on 105.9 The Region. She is a scientist whose area of focus is sleep. She's also a clinical psychologist, a mother of two teens, and an author whose first book, published in 2021, is called Sharing the Covers. Speaking of the book, it's our giveaway for this week. If you'd like to win a copy of Dr. Troxell's book, which is focused on sleep advice for couples, then head over to the giveaways page of WhereParentsTalk.com or you can email us at info at WhereParentsTalk.com and share something you've learned from today's show and you could be this week's winner. Now, before the break, Dr. Troxel, we were talking about what parents can do to help kids get a better night's sleep and to facilitate better sleep hygiene and sleep habits in their children. You were giving us your
2: top three actionable tips for parents. Now, the third tip I want to mention, which goes out of the home and into the community, is that families can and should advocate for healthy school start times in their communities. Speak to your school administrators, um, show them the data, because there is robust science now showing that early school start times have a direct negative impact on teenagers' sleep. And by setting school start times later, teenagers do get more sleep. So that's another strategy you can actually do outside the home.
1: Let's talk about your first book, Sharing the Covers. It focuses on couples, whether they're parents or not, and specifically the impact of sleep on relationships. Now, that might not be something that the average person may consider, especially in the context of a family setting. Could you take us through the correlation between
2: sleep and relationships as outlined in your book? I just talked to you about many of the individual consequences of sleep loss. But what my book really highlights, because this has been a major focus of my work, is that when you're sleep deprived, the consequences, you know, are not just to the individual. Sleep deprivation also affects those around us. There are also significant interpersonal consequences. Of sleep loss. And because most adults sleep with a partner, um, and most sleep research has tended to view sleep only from the perspective of the individual, my book is the first to really pull together all of the research and clinical experience that I have um, and that my colleagues have on the coupled nature of sleep. So we know for one, um, that there is this bi-directional relationship between how well we sleep and how well we behave in our in our relationships. And I think this makes a sort of intuitive sense to most people um, that when you're poorly slept, you know, you get kind of irritable the next day. And who are you most likely to take that out on? But your partner. But there can be this vicious cycle that poor sleep leads to poor relationships. Having a conflict in your relationship can also disrupt your sleep. So my book covers, you know, that topic and importantly, how to break, break that vicious cycle to support both healthy sleep and healthy relationships. I also want families to think about the role that sleep plays, again, both in the health of their you know, couple relationship, but also how that uh, transmits to the rest of the family. And believe me, when you, know, you have children, it's not just during the infancy years that parents' sleep is disrupted. As parents of teenagers, our sleep can also be disrupted as we you know, worry, you know, when our young teenage driver is going to come home. And so the book also covers, you know, how those how couples can negotiate those issues. The final point is just to really highlight that sleep occupies about one third of our lives. And couples, that's a major part of their coupled existence. And it's a really major part of families um, sort of functioning together. And it's time that we start to look at sleep um, in its social context, and to understand how our sleep is affecting our relationships and vice versa.
1: Arianna Huffington, co founder of the Huffington Post and CEO of Thrive Global, has described you as being, quote, on the front lines of the sleep revolution. What, Dr. Troxel, from your perspective, would a sleep revolution entail?
2: Well, ah, sleep revolution! I love the words, and I love what she's done to uh, really promote the importance of sleep health. Often in communities that are the, the most likely to undermine the importance of uh, of sleep health, particularly in you know Fortune five hundred companies um, and, and other really top conforming um, individuals who. Traditionally, it's thought of sleep as, again, the thing you do when you're dead, but really her work has uh, really helped to spread the gospel of the importance of sleep. What I'd like to see in terms of sleep revolution is this recognition, both in our lives and in the policies under which we live, that sleep is a vital part of our health, our, our well-being, our productivity, and indeed our survival. And that really takes a whole cultural shift in how we think about sleep. It really has to be viewed as the pillar of health that it is, as important as healthy diet and adequate physical activity. We really need to put sleep on par um, those other pillars um, of health and well-being. We've talked about so many important
1: aspects of sleep today as it pertains to adolescent health and well-being. Many of them may not be top of mind to moms and dads who are perhaps engaged in daily battles with their teens about getting to bed at a decent time, parking devices outside of the bedroom, waking up at a reasonable hour, etc. I wonder, Dr. Troxel, what do you want parents and families listening today
2: to leave with? What is your overriding message on sleep health? Sleep is a highly dynamic and active state. Where in fact, parts of the brain are more active during sleep than during wakefulness. Um, and because of these specific functions that sleep plays and that we have certain parts of the brain, for instance, that are more active um, you know, while sleeping versus awake, that means if you sacrifice those functions, you set yourself up for risk uh, for a variety of mental and physical health consequences. Um, This ranges from increased risk for mental health disorders, including depression, anxiety, and substance use disorders. Clearly a big concern among um, parents of teenagers as adolescence is also a time of increased risk for risk-taking behaviors. Chronic sleep loss also increases risk for physical health problems, including obesity, heart disease, and diabetes. We typically think of these things as being sort of adult disorders, but we're seeing these issues of adulthood, these chronic health conditions emerge earlier and earlier in life and really setting the stage for these chronic health conditions. Before we leave, Dr.
1: Troxel, I have to ask you, what does the sleep regimen of a mother of two teens who studies sleep for a living as a scientist look like on a daily basis?
2: I you know follow a very consistent schedule. I'm sort of um, a 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. kind of gal, um, and I uh, am, am pretty rigid about that. Um, and you know because I know that, that when I do so, um, my sleep quality is better. Like everybody during the pandemic, I definitely started to stay awake a little bit later, and I would kind of binge watch on Netflix because we just had such more fluid routines. But I found um, you know that in fact while I was doing that my sleep quality started to suffer because like I said, our brains and our bodies function best and sleep best when we follow fairly consistent um, sleep-wake schedules. So I try to uh, stick in that range. Um, and again, I, I usually focus on what kind of quality sleep I'm getting um, as opposed to really focusing too much on a magic number. Yes, I do uh, allow for eight hours of sleep, um, as a non-negotiable, but I also really want to look at all the behaviors that I do in my life, including regularly engaging in exercise, following a consistent sleep schedule, because sleep quality is also so important. Dr. Wendy Troxel,
1: sleep scientist, researcher, author, and international expert in the sleep space, as well as a mom of two, thank you so much for your time and perspective today. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And that's this edition of Where Parents Talk here on 105.9 The Region. Remember, we'd love to continue the conversation about this show and other parenting topics we cover with you. Tell us what you think or what you've learned on your parenting journey through our social media channels or email us with your thoughts, info at whereparentstalk.com. We're also going to have a video interview with today's guest, sleep scientist Dr. Wendy Troxell, where we'll dig into the topic of sleep and its importance, especially to teens, youth, and young adults, a little further. And don't forget about this week's giveaway a copy of sleep scientist Dr. Wendy Troxell's first book, Sharing the Covers. Go to the giveaways page of whereparentstalk.com, share your top takeaway from today's show on our social media channels or email us at info at whereparentstalk.com to win your copy. That is our time. I'm Leanne Castellino. Thanks so much for listening and hope you'll join us next time.
0: Sign up for Leanne's parenting newsletter and so much more at whereparentstalk.com. This is Where Parents Talk on 105.9 The Region.